button, button, where is the button? Aha! Oh, sorry everyone, no time for a proper introduction today, as the randomizer has given us another episode of Thunderbirds. Here's Rick. O'Shea. Ha! I've always wanted to try that. And so we're back with Thunderbirds, having had none for almost the entire year. This is now our second in the space of like three or four weeks. Very strange, but anyway, that's the uh, that's just the way things go in the wacky world of the randomizer. And we're beginning with a very long, slow pan across this uh, rocket base. There we go. Heroic music tells us there's the rocket. Um, kind of sets the tone for this episode because uh, yeah, there's the title Ricochet. It, this is an an odd episode, I find Ricochet. Uh, we'll get in, more into that as we uh, go along here. As we're gearing up to launch a rocket from Sentinel Base, which um, doesn't have any of the uh, sort of uh, drama and spectacle of the rocket launch we saw in Sun Probe, because this one all seems to be operated by uh, by computer. So um, nobody uh, nobody really around to keep an eye on this, except for this one guy who's sitting in a chair reading a magazine. Um, his name's Power. Good morning, Power. Oh, good morning, Professor Marshall. I didn't expect you this early. We're going to bet his first name is Max, but that, I bet that's not his real name. That's just what he put on the form. And then he was rewarded by the most boring job in the whole world. Four hours to blast off. Right? I'll leave you to it. Or rather, leave the computer to it. I'll just leave you to wallow in your own um, regrets, deep, deep regrets of taking on this boring job. <sighs> Automated countdowns, computer-controlled launchings. It was very different from my day. I always remember one particular time. We expected trouble. The rocket was experimental, and we were using it. I've always wondered what he was going to say there. We, we were using it to, to do what? To, to... Michelle and the asteroids, they're great. Michelle and the asteroids. We were using it to jam open a door or something. It also makes Jeff sound very much like a... An old man, sort of in the style of Grandpa Simpson. One trick is to tell them stories that don't go anywhere. Which was the style at the time? Don't forget to focus in tomorrow for another non-stop, gagging, glorious, ginormous session. With yours truly, Rick Gauche. Isn't he just minty? I can't see anything in him myself. So this episode is uh, setting up our character who's going to need to be saved. Too repetitive for my taste. Rick O'Shea, video disc jockey. Um, a pirate video disc jockey operating from a satellite in space. And of course, at the time this was made, pirate radio stations were very much in the um, popular cult uh, consciousness. TV casts are coming from an unauthorized satellite, a pirate. Oh, what harm does it do, Mr. Tracy? It's more than harmful, Tintin. It's dangerous. The many um, things like uh, sort of like off offshore radio stations, things like uh, Radio Caroline was that one of them. I'm I'm disappointed in myself actually that I can't remember more about this because I did an essay about uh, pirate radio stations when I was studying radio at university. And yes, I did mention this episode as part of the uh, the effect that 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 had on the. Uh, the pop culture world of the time. How about breakfast? It's your turn. All right. It should be ready. Ah, oh, no. Not Honey Crunch Krispies again. We do advertise them, you know. They gave us a year's free supply. Yeah, rather begs the question what else uh, Rick thought he might be getting for breakfast today. Same thing as breakfast every other day. Anyway, this is, yeah, a very slow introduction to this episode. The people who are going to need to be rescued are up in space having breakfast. 
we know this rocket here is going to be involved with it. Um, but poor old Power is still just staring at all these levers and buttons that are just operating themselves. He is the most redundant person ever to hold any sort of position of authority I think we've seen in the Thunderbirds universe so far. Okay, okay, yeah, not not counting Commander Norman, yeah. Your transfer to area control has come through. Oh, that's great. I mean, I'll be sorry to leave here. I understand, Power. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, even he's not trying to hide the fact that he hates this job. There's David Graham doing another, um, not quite Dalek computer voice, but it's it's almost there. Thank you, Professor. Five, four, yeah, compare this to the Sun Probe launch. There's no weight to this. There's no drama. Zero. There's not even any music, in fact. I mean, come on, this is Thunderbirds. You have a rocket launch. You need proper bombastic music to, to really sell this, don't you? Well, apparently not. It's off and away. We must keep in touch. Yes, of course. I love that moment. It's it's so it's so oddly true to life that you say that to people, and um, you you never quite get get around to doing it. And even in the way Sylvia Anderson and Jeremy Walkin read those lines, you can tell they neither of them mean it. It's, uh, it's again, it's another little, just a little subtle thing that uh, the longer running time of, of Thunderbirds episodes allowed for. I'll see you again before you leave. Fine. Thank you again, Professor. Will I be having a party? Do I get a leaving gift? Do I get a hug? Professor, emergency. Oh, okay, now you bring in the exciting music for um, shot of Professor walking along the room. Can you get a printout? Very, very slow printout to tell us what's gone wrong with the rocket. A little faster, please. A little faster. Second stage has failed to separate. It looks bad. Uh, switch to manual control. Try to activate cutoff. Right. Oh, I love this. Negative response. Love. I love shots like that. The live action sh shots where someone throws a switch and it doesn't work. So then they shake it like 20 times. He's still doing it. Oh, I love that stuff. The fault won't clear. Contact ISC for clearance. Calling International Space Control. International Space Control live in the same building that um, I think about half a dozen organisations in Thunderbirds live in, including the um, search force from the imposters. International Space Control, come in please. International Space Control, go ahead. And I think this is one of... We have a stage failure on a telset... Two, no, three... ...to destroy. Three times you hear Charles Tingwell in the Thunderbirds television series. Um, possibly four. Oh. And it is slightly odd hearing his voice in in this show when I, I, I far more associate him with Captain Scarlet. We can do until they give us the data. It's just that it's the first one I've lost. These things happen. That's why we have ISC. And plus, you're useless. That's why we stuck you in this room all by yourself. There's every danger of destroying another satellite. But with a complete record, international control can allocate an area and space clear of all other orbits. Only clear of other orbits that they know about. They're not prepared for unlicensed, manned pirate radio stations. And much like with Thunderbird 5, I don't quite understand why the station needs to be manned. How high do we orbit? 
I'm sure, I'm sure it must have seemed like a sort of cool idea at the time, but the reality of it must just be so boring. And I think that's that's actually quite uh, quite well summed up in this episode with uh, O'Shea's uh, engineer Loman, who has just clearly had enough of everything. He's had enough of this job, he's had enough of O'Shea, and yet O'Shea throughout is so chirpy and peppy and uh, thoroughly irritating. Area reference A4, destruction altitude 128 miles. Today's episode is brought to you by the letter B and the number 3. Detonation minus 38 seconds. The station that's great from 128. I think another reason I like Ricochet, aside from the um, Ray Barrett's voice, there's something in the the character's face, the way it's been sculpted. He looks very, um, very sort of pleased with himself, um, but you know, still likable. And again, another puppet saying things without moving their lips. Anyway, the. Uh, Telsat rocket has gone up. Involved in a bad launch. Don't blame yourself, Power. I just wish my last one from here hadn't turned out this way. Well, there's one... Wait, you fired other rockets from here before? I thought we just kept you out of the way. Oh, debris from the Telsat has hauled KLA station. So it's not looking good for Rick and Loman. What happened? Some sort of explosion. I'll have to check. As long as we're in one piece, the show goes on. We could have been killed. But we weren't. We telecast as scheduled. Nothing except the death of either me or you is going to keep me from doing that. Anyway, Thunderbird 3, now leaving Thunderbird 5. And this is actually going to present us with a, uh, I think, unique to this episode um, situation we're about to see. Base to Thunderbird 3. Thunderbird 3, loud and clear. Virgil at the controls of Thunderbird 3. Which, um... I mean, there was nothing in the series to say that he could could fly Thunderbird 3. There's nothing to say he couldn't. Um, obviously, it's Virgil, so he, he, he's pretty cool. He can do anything. But it is very odd to see... The idea of Thunderbird 5 being non-operational. To see Virgil sat there. Father, I'm sure the job will be done as fast as possible. All right, Virgil. Let's hope our assistance is not required in the next three hours. Because he's left Gordon behind on Thunderbird 5 to help John with repairs. Um, Alan is presumably just not... Not interested today in flying Thunderbird 3. He's got better things to do. I don't think I should go outside and take a look. You can't. We're on the air in two minutes. And now to start the spinner in, Little Luther and Shram Shram. Aww. That's not Little Luther and Shram Shram. You were late again. Oh, it's a cool version of I've Got Something to Shout About, though. I don't think we heard that on Stingray. Um, more. You'd better get back. The tape's ending. Tintin dancing away in the kitchen to uh, to the radio. And this episode, I one of my main issues with not only this episode but the second season of Thunderbirds is in Tintin, the way she's presented throughout. Because in the first season, she was you know this competent engineer. She went out on missions. She did all sorts of things. Silly. You're the one who's silly. I'm not. You are. You're silly gone in that ricochet. But in the second season, she contributes nothing. Suddenly, all she's interested in is boys and shopping and clothes. 
she doesn't seem to have. She doesn't. She almost doesn't seem to be the same character as um, as the one we saw in episodes like Sun Probe and Brink of Disaster, where she was right in the thick of things and she knew what she was doing and she could, you know, her expertise was just as valuable as Brains is. Suddenly, she's been pushed not into the background because I think she's in all six episodes of season two. Well, she may have missed one or two possibly, but. Um, yeah, it's such a shame as well because they'd had this strong character in Penelope. I think Penelope's increasing focus kind of pushed Tintin into the background, which was I'm cutting transmission. I think a mistake because it, it culminating in the way she's presented in this episode, she is just this dippy teenager who wants to listen to her tunes and um yeah, it's a shame. It's rare that that any of the Jerry Anderson shows presented a female character so strongly to begin with, and then just completely fumbled her um, further down the line. It's very odd. We had to come down sometime anyway. Not without breaking parachutes. We're heading for re-entry and annihilation. Ooh. So yeah, things are not looking good for the KLA satellite. Uh, obviously, Loman had to put that into very plain English to get Rick to understand. I'll have to go outside. I should have done so in the first place. Now, wait a minute, Loman. I don't think you realize the seriousness of the situation. All I know is... We had to go to an advert break and came back and um, Rick still hasn't got the point that this is a very serious situation. So it's spacewalk time for Loman. And, uh... Yeah, I should explain, actually. I, um, I wasn't too happy with the sound mix I did on the last Thunderbirds episode that was on the Randomizer of the Uninvited. Uh, there I was using the Japanese Blu-ray and I think using a was it a 7.1 mix on the um the the primary track on the blu-ray is a bit too much for uh, an audio podcast stream much like this one so for for ricochet i've switched back to the uh, old thunderbirds dvds the mono track uh, on those stereo track i should say ah <laughs> kid can do it so hopefully this is a slightly better listen anyway loman has now found the great big hole on the side of the KLA while Rick is um, yeah while Rick is inside just uh, messing around with that ping button how is it not good I'm coming back for a laser can you fix it I don't know maybe yeah, maybe you should have taken your tools out there with you when you went to look but it kills some more time spacewalks always kill time in in Thunderbirds and UFO opening airlock Now Rick's doing it as well. Oh, that sort of frantic clicking back and forth. Yes. Yes. Do it more. It's not moving. Keep trying. Yes. Oh, if you like, if you, if you enjoy episodes with people flicking levers back and forth in desperation to no effect, this is your episode. Must be the sedge. I'll ask Brains to fix it. Because I am only a woman and I don't know about these things. I used to know about these things, but then I apparently got a crack on the head, and now I know nothing except boys and clothes and shopping. I checked it right out, and there's nothing wrong. Oh, Tintin. I don't want to sound dramatic, but my air supply won't last forever. Now, don't you worry. I'm going to get you out of there. I just wish I knew how. Pardon? Oh, nothing. All right. But hurry. Poor old Loman. Not only is he stuck in an airlock, 
The doors are jammed, there's not much air in his spacesuit, and he's reliant on Ricochet, of all people, to save him. Yeah, transmission. I'm gonna put out a call for help. You only need to switch on the power. It's all set up. Fine. And considering that he only just went out outside like a moment ago, and he presumably was prepared to spend quite a while outside, Loman is is already collapsing in the airlock from lack of oxygen. This is station KLA. Might be something to do with the fact that he doesn't seem to be wearing any kind of backpack. It looks like we'll be another two hours before we're back in business. In the meantime, international rescue is not operational. Thank you, John. That was a fine impression of Gordon. Uh, even Gordon looks over at John with a rather startled expression on his face to hear his own voice coming out of his brother's mouth. Again, how did that stuff keep happening? I, I don't understand. Anyway, that was also, uh, speaking of uh, the oddness of having Virgil on Thunderbird 3, we also have Gordon on Thunderbird 4 today, which, uh, no, Thunderbird 5 even. Gordon on Thunderbird 4 would not be strange. Gordon on Thunderbird 5 is strange, and that's what we have today. Will anyone hearing this please make contact? Come in, please. Some, anyone, please help us. So with Thunderbird 5 out of commission. Alan! Come quickly. I think I have an assignment for international rescue. Rick's message couldn't reach the satellite, but it could reach Tintin's radio. Mr. Tracy, you have a direct radio link with Ocean. Okay. Well, presumably then the rest of the world could hear him. This is international rescue to the space station. Unless Brains just built Tintin a really powerful... International radio. rescue. Wonderful. Uh, uh, Loman's trapped and I can't understand the circuit. The door's jammed. And Take it easy. Take it easy. <laughs> I love that. I love how Rick really wants to desperately help his friend, but he's just so panicky. Um, our space station was damaged. You don't get much of in uh, Thunderbirds. Panicky people needing rescue. Usually people are quite rational. I'm sorry, I can't. I see. You're completely useless. I see. Just my luck. It would have to be him. I know you have no time. Okay. Fine, Alan. Our job is to help. I'm sorry, Father. I understand. Thanks, Alan. Now let's get those Thunderbirds flying. Yes, sir. Loman, can you hear me? Are, are you dead yet? Loman, I... Hang on, where are the honey crunch crispies? Come on, he can't hold out much longer. This is Thunderbird 3. We're going to come alongside. When we're in position, open the outer airlock door. Right. O'Shea. Oh, and Alan's wearing a, a snazzy spacesuit with the International Rescue logo on it. I'm going across. FAB, Alan. And Alan is uh, spacewalking over to the satellite again. It, the little mini figure of Alan looks a bit, uh, a bit stiff. But the Thunderbird three close-up detail, oh, it's absolutely beautiful. I find, even though I think Thunderbird two is my favourite, and and probably is for a lot of people, Thunderbird three, I find is really nice. The closer you get to it from a distance, it it doesn't always look great. But when you have the the larger model and you can see the close-up detail oh it's a beautiful beautiful work on there he's in a bad way i'm bringing him back okay alan you be careful gotta say though as uh, as much as the music is trying to tell us otherwise this is not the most exciting of rescues because um, obviously it's in space it has to be in slow motion we're spending an awfully long time holding on this one model shot as the two little uh, figures of Alan and Loman sort of drift down to the bottom of the camera. Oh, and that's it. Alan has brought Loman safely back to Thunderbird 3. Is he okay, Alan? Just about. We're losing altitude every second. 
I estimate we'll re-enter Earth's atmosphere in about four minutes. Okay, Scott. Tell O'Shea to get into a spacesuit. Oh, no. Loman will be all right. Oh, no. No, he won't. You've taken his helmet off. Now listen carefully, O'Shea. And presumably you haven't closed the outer door. We're going to get you out. I, mean, I guess they must have done, otherwise Loman would be dead. But that's... There didn't seem to be much time there. Um, that was clearly the same room. Alan arrived with the unconscious Loman in the same room as we then saw Loman without his helmet on. Ooh. And, of course, I think that's the last we see of Loman as well in this episode. So, uh... It could have been exposure to uh, the vacuum of space there, old Loman. Which would, uh, you know, considering how his day's gone up to this point, it um, probably probably fits in pretty well. Probably wouldn't surprise him in the least. I'm in the airlock. Make sure you have the spacesuit on correctly. I'm going to cut through the door. Hold it. Th there's something I must tell you. You need to close the outer door first, because otherwise you're going to do to me what you did to Loman. I'd rather take my chances in here. Scott, O'Shea's... Yeah, he still hasn't closed the door. I heard. There's very little time, Alan. Alan, you're, an, you're the astronaut of this team. Do you... Yep, still open. rip you to pieces. Close the outer door, O'Shea. I'm coming in. Finally. So, as if a slow-motion space rescue wasn't thrilling enough, we now have slow-motion cutting through a door. And there's no... I don't think there's any... Oh, okay, we're going to take an advert break. That's good. I was going to say, because there doesn't seem to be any subplot to this one to cut away to. ISC to International Rescue. International Rescue receiving a 5x5. Five five. We understand you are... Good job he got through to the International Rescue craft he was hoping for. I didn't accidentally call... Oh, no, Thunderbird 3, Thunderbird 1. Suborbital descent. Oh, don't worry, the men on board were transferred. We've been standing by. Glad to hear it, but there's something else. The space station is heading for a direct hit on the oil installation at Abbandu. Wow, just about the biggest refinery in the Middle East. So this is quite a clever um, widespread damage and fires. Introduction to the the final act of the episode. We know that Scott and Alan went to rescue O'Shea, but we didn't actually see them getting him out safely. And of course, with Thunderbird Five non-operational, Virgil and Brains also don't know. Whether or not he made it out, they just assumed. So it's quite an quite an intriguing setup. But again, there's another slow pan across this refinery that the satellite's going to crash into. I would say the answer is to destroy the space vehicle in the air. If we explode it over the desert, it can do no damage. And as much as I I haven't been uh, too too blown away by this episode so far. This entire sequence of Thunderbird 2 following the satellite down Cheers, Brains. Looks like is almost flawless. I think you're right. Are you in position, Brains? Yes, Virgil. Have good visual contact. Preparing to fire. A great big hole. Again, another Thunderbird with a great big missile thingy attached to it. Oh, must still be aboard. The crazy idiot. Oh, no. He must have really flipped. That is what the cool kids say, isn't it, Virgil? Uh, 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 am I right, Daddy-O? Thunderbird 5 must still be off the air. You're right. And it means we can't check. It also means we've got to make the choice. O'Shea or the refinery. So as I said, this is a very clever setup for a little moral dilemma for Virgil and Brains, which... We must try to think what Mr. Tracy would do. ...is the kind of situation the Thunderbirds team very rarely found themselves in. And it doesn't feel 
especially artificial as such. Um, you know, we're 31 episodes in. Thunderbird 5 could could easily break down and need to be off the air for a while, and it's... Um... It's too late to save O'Shea. Supposing we divert him away from the refinery. At least it eases my conscience. You don't necessarily feel like the writer laying down all the, the, the stones to, um, to lead to this point. Obviously they are, but you, you're not so aware of it. Again, perhaps because of the uh, longer running time on these. You might feel it more in, in Stingray and, and Captain Scarlet, but uh, not so much here. It's been very cleverly done. And I adore these shots of Thunderbird 2 in this downward um, downward descent coming in after KLA. One shot I don't enjoy, however, is uh, the view through the windows of Thunderbird 2 as KLA spews off debris. Look out! And for a moment it looks like... And two feet lower. Like an alien spaceship is suddenly between Thunderbird 2 and the KLA. It's just supposed to be a piece of debris, but it's um, an, a surprisingly for Thunderbird's poor shot. Um, even in something like Fireball, I would look at that and think, oh, what, 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 what even is that meant to be? Anyway, we've got the bad, the little bad bit out of the way. Now we're back to more Thunderbird 2 and KLA, and Thunderbird 2 looks so beautiful in all these shots. And also this music, which I know was not composed for this episode. I can't off the top of my head think what episode it was composed for. I want to say Day of Disaster. But um, it, when I think of this music, I think this sequence. It could have been composed for this this scene. It's just... And it's such a simple simple idea as well. Just Thunderbird 2 kind of banging the, uh, the satellite off course. I think it's also probably because we haven't spent a whole lot of time in the second season with just just shots of Thunderbird 2 looking beautiful, and it really looks beautiful here. You get to see the underside of it as uh, as it's bumping the satellite. You've done it, Virgil. Oh, okay, level out. Uh oh, they're accelerating. We're locked together. This can only call for one solution, and one solution only. Yes! Yes! Brains is frantically wiggling at the lever. Uh, I don't even know what lever that's... what function that lever is supposed to... to have the dislodge satellite that you've got stuck on your wing function, but... Uh, yep, Thunderbird 2 and the satellite all cruising over the, uh, the ore refinery. Are they going to make it? It's a beautiful shot, even if they don't. Again, we don't know who's in this refinery, so, you know... Oh, we're limited how much we can care, but the satellite just missed the refinery. Poor O'Shea. But what could we do? Don't think about it, Brains. Let's go home. And that response kind of touches on, um... the sort of unspoken area of Thunderbirds that, um... never really got mentioned in the series is... Was there any time International Rescue did fail... They couldn't always have, have saved everybody. There had to be some time where it all went wrong. And I think we've got a little glimpse there of how how they might have felt about that if, uh, if they ever had really lost somebody. Especially with this long, slow, sad pan across Tracy Island. I think the lesson's been learned, Father. You won't find another pirate space station wanting to go into orbit. Unless they get authority from the International Space Control. 
Yep, that's the lesson for today, folks. O'Shea was irresponsible, but uh, I kind of like the guy. Ah, oh, he was all right. You're still jealous. I'm not. Oh, I'll just pick up this glass that has a pencil in it. O'Shea's greatest fan, Tin. Tin. Oh, Alan. <laughs> Alan has a recording of a room full of people laughing at him, so he can play it in when he makes bad jokes. Mr. Tracy, but O'Shea was killed. Killed? <laughs> you got it all wrong, boys. He's as alive and well as I am. Ooh, Voice. I don't understand. Virgil's right, Mr. Tracy. I think I know what must have happened. I was cutting my way through the jammed airlock door. So now we have a flashback to explain the rescue. Uh, yeah, this is an unfortunate um, necessity for having structured the, the finale of the episode in this way. We do have to know what happened. Um, you know, we could guess that Alan cut his way through the door. We don't necessarily need to see this, but uh, it's worth it to see O'Shea, um, as Alan said, chickening out. Don't come near me. I can't go out there. I get Freddy to go climbing stairs. Take it easy, O'Shea. Put the helmet on. I'm not going out there. Keep away from me. And Alan actually does look quite menacing, slowly advancing towards Rick without saying anything. In his panic, he started one of the tapes. That's what you must have heard. Well, I'll be darned. It's certainly a wonderful surprise to know he's safe. And I've got another surprise for you all. Okay, no, 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 no. Tintin's changed, but she doesn't do that. No, no. Hello, disc jockey to the studio. As many of you may have already heard, he was involved in a hair-raising... Oh, fellow disc jockey, and this disc jockey, uh, Tom, he's in full tux with a little bow tie, because DJ's in the Thunderbirds world. They all wear ties and, and smart suits. First, I'd like to thank the personnel of International Rescue for all they did, especially the guy who helped me transfer to the rescue vehicle. Thanks, pal. I mean it. Oh. And here it is, number 12 in the charts, flying high. Oh, now we get to hear what was originally planned to be uh, the end title song for Thunderbirds, which I'm very glad they did not use. It's nice to hear it here, but it wouldn't fit in the episode's end credits, I don't know. You never did tell us exactly how you got O'Shea out of that space station. It uh, couldn't by any chance have anything to do with the black eye O'Shea seemed to have acquired. I had to make him see reason. Tut, tut. Sure, Alan, sure. I did it in the line of duty. Alan. We end with everyone winding up Alan, which is always a good thing to do. I do like it when, uh, when the Tracy brothers really do feel like brothers. Anyway, that was... Ricochet, and I've always found that a rather strange episode of Thunderbirds. Um, some points in its favour is it's the only episode of the second series that doesn't have Lady Penelope around to potentially hijack the story. But it does feel like it comes from a slightly different universe of Thunderbirds. Um, it is also unfortunately the, um, the sort of culmination of Tintin's descent from capable intelligent engineer to just sort of 60s fangirl which I was never a huge fan of. It's also strange that with this episode, um, in many broadcast runs, this episode actually airs as the final episode of the show because if um, a broadcast run runs over Christmas, Give or Take a Million is sometimes shown as near to Christmas as it could possibly get and as a finale to the series it's just like a sort of 
I don't know, it's an odd note to go out on. Ricochet, it feels very much like um, certain previous episodes. There's a bit of Sun Probe, there's a bit of terror in New York City, but it, it, it whatever Thunderbirds did here, it had done before in earlier episodes much better.